Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. In this episode of Pit Stop, I'm talking to Matt Molnix, co-founder and CEO of Huron. They make grooming products and they've gotten a ton of great PR. We talk about how they've gotten this PR and how you can drive the same results for your brand to get assets you can use year-round. Let's go. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me today for probably the first video episode is Matt Molnax. It's pronounced just like it's spelled. It's not a prescription drug. It is his last name, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Huron Men's Grooming Products. Anyone can use them. If you're a woman and you use their bar soap, your skin's not going to fall off. But like all things cosmetics, it tends to have a, a very gender bias in the industry. So mostly men's grooming products, which I appreciate because I didn't really start washing my face until I was 30. So I Skin looks I great. Pardon me? Skin looks great. Oh, thank you. It's because I was sweating earlier. It's really humid today. So it gives me a nice, nice glow. Uh, but that's the, the the company. If you take a look at their website, you'll see all kinds uh, of social proof and awards. And that's what we're talking about in the first episode today. When I was a merchant doing my thing, I would always try to get as much PR as I could because it just made everything else more effective from our conversion rate to our retargeting ads, to even our top of funnel ads. It just helps. So Matt, welcome to Pit Stop. Thanks for making some time for me today. Thanks so much, Lucas. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's jump into it. Uh, let's talk about winning awards because you can't display your social proof and say you were chosen as the the uh, the best. And I'm just making making it up because I don't have the, the website open in a tab here. But let's say you won the award for best new men's grooming product by by GQ or you were picked for for a similar type of of notable award. How can you even start to to qualify for that? Yeah. Um, so a rather salient topic because we actually just won best shampoo of 2021 by Esquire, which was announced on Friday. So oh, congratulations. We were, we were super excited about that. Uh, yeah, thanks. It was a, it was a good win for the team, but yeah, I mean, I think when, when we think about the, the necessary and favorable proof points in terms of what can help nudge a prospective customer across the finish line, it can usually take the shape of strong customer reviews or some sort of third-party validation vis-a-vis awards, recognitions, et cetera. So when we think about um, you know, how to win an award, basically, I think first and foremost, it has to start with product, right? Like the product quality has to be very, very good. It, this isn't a world or an award or the Esquire piece necessarily wasn't an everyone gets a trophy award. I mean, they were indeed picking out really high quality products. And I think that's evident. Um, by the brands and the products that they were selecting. Uh, so it really starts with the product. But secondly, I think by and large, we really look at the, the press community, the folks who are writing these pieces um, and try and build organic relationships with them. M- much like we would build an organic relationship with our customer base. Um, a lot of these people have a lot of clout in the space. And when guys will say, hey, I need a new shampoo or a new body wash, Literally, they'll go to Google and type in best body wash or best body wash 2021. 
Um, and hopefully you're able to be top of search, you know, as a part of an award or an outlet that's, that's, you know, that's nominated your product as such. So really this notion of building organic relationships, keeping these people top of mind when there are new product releases, when there are exciting brand moments to share, but also like thinking about oversharing, quite frankly, it's like, Hey, here's some of the challenges that we faced, or here's some of the things like we thought would go X, but actually went Y. Because I think if, we're, if if your sole mission is to reach out to these folks with the intention of them writing about you, that's a very transactional relationship. And I think where we've seen the most tailwinds is when we're reaching out to people to say, hey, we just uncovered this really new, interesting learning about our consumer. There's nothing to sell. There's nothing to promote. It's just we feel like we're, we're extending kind of a hand to these folks to invite them inside of the brand wall, so to speak, so they can be a part of the growth story. And I think that's that's kind of paid dividends over time. So I would encourage folks who are interested in trying to like nominate their product for these awards to start the relationship early, like reach out to these people. Um, and one of the notes I kind of had in our in our doc was one of the tough things about this exercise and reaching out is I like to say email is like a really good cleanup hitter in baseball, where if you if you fail two out of three times, you can still be really, really good at your job. Um, so if you have a 33 percent open rate on email, that's pretty good. Um, so it's just a persistence game. It, it's sharing constantly. It's going back to these folks with, again, exciting updates, potentially new products, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think really it's about kind of humanizing the effort, um, being persistent and, and circling back with these people um, and really sharing and touting your products and why you think they, they should be included in that list. Yeah, I love the the phrase professional persistence, where maybe somebody else is planning to launch a brand next next year or launch a new product or they've already launched and they, they want to start realizing that press is a, a plan of next year's strategy. I won't name the year to keep this content evergreen, but they see that you are listed and maybe it's as simple as just reaching out to the to the editor, to the writer and just say, hey, thanks so much for the recommendation of, uh, of Huron's Body Wash. I really appreciate it. It's great to see you selecting products that are paraben free and and natural. It's I've been an Old Spice user my whole life, but that was the best body wash in 1953 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And just not even asking, so it just kind of warms it up so that next time that you you reach out and say, "Hey, we launched our product. Can we? How do we get press?" And just being open to to their feedback of how they they do it. And when yeah. we're search it when you were mentioning that by the way i googled it best body washes uh twenty seven thousand a month keyword so by having actual proof that you are the best body wash or that you can say esquire's best shampoo of 2021 that's going to make your your top of google ads or your even your google shopping ads much more efficient yep Yep. And, and one of the things that you mentioned and kind of the framework for that that email that i really liked is it wasn't templated, right? I mean, if the shoe were on the other foot, none of us like getting emails. It's like, hey, blank, I hope you're doing really, really well today. Here's a right? here's a great guest for your podcast, Pit Stop, tactical Shopify podcast to keep you winning. So I can tell you've never listened to a thing because if you did, you would just call it Pit Stop like every other human being. <laughs> exactly. And it, I mean, it's just, you know, humanizing that experience and saying like, hey, Garrett, like I really like the piece on this, like, we're also launching in a few months. Like we'd love to send you some product if you'd be up for it. I think it's very clear that like, A, you're in tune to what that person is covering, 
or you know awards that they're covering or content pieces that you know seem to be of interest. Um, and two, like you're you're just an actual person, like you're writing a one-to-one email. Um, I, I think those things can can really move the needle in a world that is highly automated. I agree, and I think there is something as well to be said for being someone who takes pride in what you're doing. Of hey, we have this new product. I would love for you to try it. Yeah, just that not asking for anything. It just it's that quiet confidence that really does speak volumes to say. We'll let the product speak for itself. And that goes back to your first point of you have to have a good product. If you've got yeah. a product loaded with a bleach that, that like just destroys everyone's skin, you, you can't pay to play to get that as the best award. Nobody in the yeah. right mind is going to, to do that. Although I'm sure that there was someone the, uh, out in uh, Tol- Tulsa, Oklahoma, or somewhere in Wisconsin, the, the local paper might call that the, the best new body wash of, of the year. And somebody would use that in their, their ads. Hey, we love, we love both of those markets, but um, you know, I, I would say it's, it's been interesting to see kind of the evolution of D to C where, you know, I, I started my career as an early employee of Bonobos and um, you know, that was kind of D to C 0.0. And what was interesting there is people were almost more interested in allegiance to the brand and didn't really care as much about product necessarily that now that's not to say that Bonobo's product was garbage. It was very good product, but there was more of like this novelty of like, Oh, like I buy Bonobo's pants. Um, but if you fast forward to whatever wave we're in now, call it 3.0, the consumer is so much smarter because the, there's so much more optionality. So your product has to be good. That's almost table stakes, but it has to be really, really good to kind of catch the eye and the attention of some of these content writers. So but again, it kind of funnels back to that same core thesis of unless your product is of the A++ type caliber, like, you know, it's going to be hard to, to win the recognition or win the eyeballs of some of these outlets. Mm-hmm. I agree. One thing that you touched on was talking about reviews versus third-party validation. So reviews on-site from customers versus a third-party validation. What would you say the difference are between those two? I, I don't know what to call them, channels? Um, things yeah, and, and just how you can both leverage both of those separately, but also together. Yeah. I think they're really a, a one plus one equals three type scenario where you're getting multiple proof points or data points that speak about a commonality, which is your product. So for us, like for instance, the, the social proof of winning the Esquire award is huge for us. Like we've since updated our homepage hero We've included it on PDPs. We're running paid social against it um, because Esquire, we feel like, is a pretty powerful name that would resonate with people. At the same point in time, whether you're going through kind of the PDP journey or seeing some things on our PLPs, really the notion of like, what are consumers like me saying about the product? I think that's also a huge proof point. So, you know, on site, we list all of our reviews, good, bad, and ugly. Um, Hopefully more in the, the former camp than the latter. Uh, but, but to get a sense for like, what are people actually gravitating towards? You know, what does it smell like? What does it feel like on skin? Because every, every brand is going to be very salesy when they're writing their PDP bullets, but it's like, what is the actual consumer saying, uh, in terms of the end use experience? I think one of the things that, that, that we focused on is we're kind of in like this new product rollout phase. Um, where we launched bar soap a few weeks ago, we actually have a product launching next week. I think something interesting that we've done to collect reviews ahead of time is we've leaned on our existing customer base to kind of invite them into the development process and get an early look at the products before they release. So, 
I guess it was last week, we spent an entire day in a WeWork office packing boxes, writing handwritten notes, um, and sending free product in exchange for review to our existing base. But the, the thought there is, A, you activate your consumer base to be even more of a brand loyalist because they're getting free product ahead of time. And that's kind of exciting. And then B, the ask is to have them write a review such that when we turn that particular product on, on launch day, you're not launching with zero reviews. You're launching with 40, you're launching with 30. And it's just those additional proof points where you may not have social proof in the form of a award or recognition or a dedicated content piece. You're at least having a number of data points from the consumer perspective that can also be helpful in terms of facilitating the transaction. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really just so, so smart. And it's something that a lot of people overlook. Uh, I know that I overlooked it. Of, and I, I preach it. I'll email them. But just preceding that that inventory or those products to to your best customers who you, you know will buy it more than once anyway. So the, the cost of goods sold on that product to get that LTV or even annual customer value, it's such a no brainer when people yeah. say that their ads cost 30, 40, $50 to acquire a new customer. I imagine the cost of goods sold on one bar of soap when you have it at scale is a lot less than $50, including <laughs> the postage to send it out. Yes, correct, but, correct. By the way, it's funny, as you said that, I just looked at my uh, my little Dymo 4XL over there and I thought, man, I'm glad I'm not dealing with, with having to, to do that all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it, it's been a, a fun exercise. This is the second time we've done it now. We're kind of like constantly tweaking the script a little bit in terms of how we pull this off from timing, from what the ask is. But, you know, it's been, we make the process super easy. We basically hide our PDPs in Shopify. We create a one-click checkout link that we then send to folks via type form. It's like, hey, look, we have X number of bottles to give out the first Y number of people who grab them. They're yours. All we ask is a review in return. So it's a fun process. We get to write super tailored um, handwritten notes, include some fun stuff in the box. So it, it, it's, it's been a pretty cool experience. I think we'll keep it going uh, with future product launches too. I like that. And it is nice, no matter how big you get, to still have that little personal touch and, and be involved in, in the operations and just use your your hands for, <laughs> for for some actual work once in, once in a while. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's a great place to wrap it up. I know if people want to get fresh, clean, and good skin like myself, they can go to usehuron.com. You've got 100% money-back guarantee. Where else can people find you, Matt? Obviously, in Esquire, any uh, publications that they, they read, you're probably going to be featured in there, winning awards. But but if they, they really want to find you, where else can they uh, they find your products? Yeah, so we're also available on Amazon. Uh, we sell through J. Crew and Madewell. Um, but if you ever want to reach out, get in touch with us, ask questions. We're just at use here on all the socials and um, at Matt Molinax. And always happy to talk shop or talk product. Awesome. We'll be back here for another episode of Pit Stop with Matt shortly. So make sure you smash that subscribe button a couple times just to make sure it goes through.
Baking Steel switched to OmniSend and immediately saw a lift in revenue. They started automating their welcome series, card abandonment series, and their post-purchase messaging. Just like Baking Steel is the perfect upgrade for your kitchen, OmniSend is the perfect upgrade for your Shopify store's marketing automation. 70,000 customers from home and kitchen brands to consumables and everything in between trust OmniSend. If you're not using a marketing automation platform that connects directly with Shopify, what are you waiting for? Don't leave revenue on the table this BFCM. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.